Hello, this is Pastor Luke, and you are listening to the Living Hope Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Our mission is to grow disciples and multiply churches who will glorify God and transform communities. For more information about our church, please visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com. Heavenly Father, we love you and we worship you. And we are so grateful, Lord. Today, as we look at Scripture again, that by your word and by your Holy Spirit, that you would be speaking and working in each of our lives, Lord, and that each of us would, um, yeah, leave having just a, a real sense of encountering you here this morning. We love you, Jesus, in your name, amen. Several years ago, I was speaking at, a, at an event Multiply was doing... I don't know, some kind of mission mobilization thing or something uh, down in Kansas, and they had asked me if I would come speak. And it was kind of intimidating because, one, it was a really long time slot. Like, I forget what it was. It was like an hour, an hour and a half. And I thought, oh, that's a lot of material. And, um, and it was also a topic that I had not spoken on before. It was God's will and, and finding God's will in your life and um, that kind of thing. And so, you know, did a bunch of research and got my notes together and just kind of had this unorganized heaps of pages of, of stuff and went down. And um, it went, like, it was so fun, and it went so well. Um, like, it was just, that. Uh, that's kind of one of the most memorable speaking events uh, that, that I've done. Like, it was just, it was just really neat. Um, I remember at one point, Stephen Humber was just, like, furiously scribbling notes. He was in the back kind of in the back left, and he, I, he couldn't keep up or something, and he, just, he, like, stood up and screamed and, like, slammed his notebook on the ground and then picked it up and, like, kept scribbling notes. And, um, and then also there was another couple in, in conversations with them later on. She had really wanted to go back out on the mission field. He wasn't so sure, but coming out of that, he, he really started to think, like, hey, like, I think I, I could do this. And so, you know, fast forward, and, and they're actually now on, on the mission field. But, but what made it so unique was that there were several times during that event where I was talking where there was a sense of like, okay, somebody has really prayed into this because this is going a lot better than what I have written on paper, right? Like the discrepancy between like what I had shown up with and what was happening, like it was a big discrepancy, right? And it was one of those situations where like there was just a really strong sense that the Holy Spirit was, was working and moving. And I know I have experienced that a, as a speaker, and Christine probably has as a worship leader, but like there are times like, well, like you know with what you, what you showed up with, but there's a sense of the Holy Spirit working where it just seems to go way beyond like what you came with. And you've probably even sensed that, like whether you've been on stage or in the audience, like I know I have even witnessed that, in the audience as well too like some sometimes you show up and you're like there's a strong sense of the spirit here and then other times you're just like feels a bit flat today you know and you're like is that me or is that like what's going on here because it just the whole thing is just feeling just flat right and the same thing can happen in conversations too right like even our one-in-one conversations and you know uh, um you know times where you're having a conversation or a spiritual conversation it just seems like the words are coming to mind and it's going well and like 
you're just able to respond. It's just like the Holy Spirit just kind of, whatever it is you have, just kind of picks it up and just kind of carries you forward even more. And then there are other times where it's like you cannot put together a cohesive thought to save your life, right? Like, I mean, it's just, it's just dead in the water, you know? The, the theme for this month is loud tables, right? So we're going through this theme. It's challenge accepted. And so each month has a different theme. This time it's loud tables. What we really mean, though, by loud tables is actually spiritual conversations. We're just calling it loud tables because, loud ta- because tables, particularly the dinner table, is the best, easiest, most conducive place to have a good spiritual conversation within kind of the, the, the family home or, or the, the family context. And, and it, it can be at home. It can be at McDonald's. It can't even be the concession stand. But just so long as you are intentional about, about entering that time. I mean, it's just everyone's there most of the time you're all facing each other you're you're not on your phones because you're eating you know like you're just all kind of focused in on that time so it's a really great time and space for that today i want to look at colossians there's a prayer in the beginning of colossians that i think is a fantastic prayer a fantastic guide a fantastic template really to how to pray into our spiritual conversations. I think that there's a lot that we can learn from this prayer in regards to just praying for these things, praying into them, um, because we do, we want that sense of the Holy Spirit really working and moving. In Colossians uh, chapter 1, and I'm going to start in verse 9 here in in just a minute, but so um, in Colossians Paul, uh, he opens with a, a greeting, you know, Paul, you know, yeah, Paul has a style of greetings, he does a greeting, he explains a little bit why he prays for them, and then he has this prayer, starting in verse 9, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that, and then I, I think there's really four things that, that we can see here that, that we're going to look at, asking that one, you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Secondly, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Third, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance, patience, and joy. We're going to unpack those. Those are pretty big. And then lastly, giving thanks. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So if I could give you an outline on that prayer, I would say it would be these four things. Filled with the knowledge, and it's a pretty specific knowledge, or a particular kind of knowledge. Filled with the knowledge, and then bearing fruit, strengthened by his power, and then it ends with this element of thanksgiving or praise, particularly around salvation. So first part, verse 9. So from the day that we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. As usual, lots that we can unpack on there for a long time. Um, but Paul prays that they would be filled with a certain kind of knowledge, that they would be able to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. One of the things that, that's interesting is that in some, 
Um, it's not, uh, I wanted to say mixed messages, but that's not the right way. The scripture has kind of different approaches to knowledge. We're not just talking knowledge in general, because um, there is knowledge that, script, that God wants us to, to know a lot about, and others where it's like, no, you don't need to know, know those things. Um, 1 Corinthians says, just very generically, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. But then also in Romans 16, Paul writes, I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent as to what is evil. So in regards to the evil, like we don't want that kind of knowledge, right? This is a very specific knowledge that Paul wants us to have, and it's knowledge of his will. One of the commentators wrote this. I thought this was so very helpful. In the language of the New Testament, to be filled, right, because we're to be filled with the knowledge of his will, to be filled really means to be controlled by. So when we're filled with anger, that means that we're controlled by anger, but if we are filled with the Spirit, then it means we're controlled by the Spirit. Paul's prayer then is that these believers are controlled by the full knowledge of of God's will. God's will is an interesting thing, and that was actually that, that one talk that, that I had a talk on. And um, God's, it, it, you know, if you just do a Google search on like God's will for my life, there's actually only one verse that has like a nice, tight phrase that says God's will for your life is, and it's over in First uh, Thessalonians 4, and it says to avoid sexual immorality, okay? That's the only spot where you just kind of get that phrase, God's will for your life. But there's lots of verses that talk about, like, God's desire for your life, his plans for your life, his commands for your life, that kind of thing. And there's even, you know, kind of big picture commands for all Christians. And then sometimes it may get more specific, right, because there's commands for moms and kids and dads and, you know, church elders and, and that kind of thing. So the, the general will of God is laid out pretty well in Scripture. If you want, so if you want to know the general will of God, go to your Bible. The specific will of God can be a little bit harder, but... You know, we're trying to discern that through the Holy Spirit and through community and that kind of thing, right? So you're, you're looking for a job, right? So I want to take a job that does not violate the commands of God, okay? So that's the general will of God. Look to Scripture for that. But if you have a choice between business A and business B, and both of them kind of fit within those parameters, and that's, you know, God's specific will, and we, we discern that with the Holy Spirit and, and in community, so Paul begins this section with this prayer that we are filled with the knowledge of his will, right? His, his good and perfect will um, as, it, as it pertains to our life. And then he talks about bearing fruit. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So when, when you're praying for your spiritual conversations, we pray that, that it would bear good fruit. Fruit is a, an analogy or imagery that we see happen a lot in Scripture. And, and, we, and, it, and it's such a great way to, to describe what is going on, right? But a tree is known by its fruit, right? And Christians are to be known by their fruit. Um, some of the analogies that, that incorporate fruit uh, just help us understand this. James 3 has a great one talking about our, our speech. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father... And with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, my brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? 
you recognize what kind of tree it is by the fruit that, that it produces. Galatians 5, popular section on fruit. We tend to only quote the second section, though. Um, and it talks about what the fruit that comes when we were filled, when we're controlled by the flesh, versus when we're filled or controlled by the Holy Spirit. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious, right? So this is the fruit when we follow sinful nature. Uh, Galatians 5.19, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you as I... As, um, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, that's a pretty colorful list. And then the next section, which we like to quote, but the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, uh, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The fruit will tell you what kind of person this is and what's controlling that person. We're firm believers that if you have a conversion experience, right, so you've surrendered your life to the Lord, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, there should be some kind of evidence proving, validating that that event happened, the fruit in our life, that, that the Holy Spirit has transformed us. So we're called to bear that kind of fruit. The second, um, or the next part, verse 11, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. When you pray for spiritual conversations, pray that you would be strengthened by his power. Um, and then Paul calls for endurance, patience with joy. When you realize what he means by endurance and patience and joy, you begin to understand why it begins with God's power. The, the, the Greek word on power is uh, a dunam, dunamis, which is actually where we get our word dynamite. So when you read power in Scripture, just know that the kind of our equivalent is, is dynamite. And we tend to think of God's power kind of historically, right? Well, he crossed the Red Sea, or he water flows from a rock, or that kind of thing. But in this section, God's power is being called upon for character transformation. Um, because endurance and patience... Let me, let me read this to you, because he just words it better than I, I do. Um, the, the Greek word um, for patience, uh, translated patience uh, in the authorized version, um, but it does not mean patience in the sense of sitting down and bearing things, and of simply bowing the head and letting the tide of events flow over you. It means not only the ability to bear things, but the ability in bearing them to turn them into glory. It is a conquering patience. It is the spirit which no circumstance in life can ever defeat, which no event can ever vanquish. It is the ability to deal triumphantly with anything that life throws at us. The next word, the, the word, um, so that was the word for um, endurance. Then the word for impatience, usually uh, translated as long-suffering, uh, its basic meaning is patience with people. It is the quality of mind and heart that enables a man to bear with people that their unpleasantness and maliciousness and cruelty 
will never drive him to bitterness. That their unteachableness and foolishness will never drive him to despair. That their folly will never drive him to irritation. That their unloveliness will never alter his love. It is the spirit which never loses patience with, belief in, and hope for men. Paul prays for these two great qualities, which no situation can defeat and no person can defeat. When Paul is praying for them to have endurance and patience, this is... Like, this is God-level stuff, right? Like, this is not a motivational poster on the door. This is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that you are able to, to, to overcome um, these kinds of ob- obstacles and engage in that kind of patience. The last part. Praying for, um, in our spiritual conversations, verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Thankfulness is really the opposite of selfishness. Um, And I know that may sound simplistic, but selfishness says... I deserve. Selfishness says it is my right. Uh, Selfishness says give me what you owe me. Selfishness says this is mine. Thankfulness says I don't deserve. Uh, This is a gift. This is not because of me. This is because of you. Our world is really good at selfish. Like our world is saturated in selfish. We are, our culture is seeped in selfishness and, and victimhood and entitlement, and thankfulness is really the antidote to all of that. And Paul mentions salvation. The inheritance of the saints in the light, he has delivered us from the dominion of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. If God isn't real... Well, let me, let me say it like this. If God is real, then that changes everything, right? From just a basic worldview outlook. If there is no God, then we're just animals and everyone's just kind of fighting for whatever works for them. But if there is a God, that changes everything. Um, we are created beings. We now answer to a higher authority. He determines what is good and what is bad. Um, his view matters on everything. Like, if, if God is real, that, that changes everything. And when it comes to salvation, and, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, we just have no depth of understanding, and this is just for all humanity, I'm not picking on anyone. Humanity, I think, is incapable, actually, of understanding what we were saved from and what we were saved to, Right? eternal life without God versus eternal life with God, like we just, our mind cannot comprehend any one of those. But I think the further we get in comprehending those, the more the natural response is just worship and praise. I think what, 
understanding what we were saved from or and be, understand what we were saved to, both of those result in, in worship, praise, thankfulness. If someone has a bad worship attitude, they've forgotten who they're worshiping, and they have little understanding, or perhaps they've forgotten with salvation what we were saved from and, and what we were saved unto. When the Holy Spirit is moving, it, it changes things in, in awesome ways. Um, it changes our understanding. It changes our conversation. Uh, it changes us. And so um, as we are, are praying into these spiritual conversations, to be using this as an outline, right? We want to be filled with the knowledge of his will. We want to be bearing fruit. We want that person to be bearing fruit. We want to be strengthened by God's incredible power for endurance and patience as we engage in those conversations, and that ultimately that this results in thanksgiving and worship and praise and an understanding around who he is and what he has done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and for your truth. God, I pray this for, for all of us this morning. Lord, we want to be filled with an understanding of your will for our life both generically and specifically. God, we want to bear fruit that, that validates that, that you are in our life and that you are changing us, Father. And Lord, we, we ask for endurance and patience that can only be provided by your incredible power. And that all of this would result in you being worshipped and you being honored and you being glorified. We worship you and we love you. In your name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have any questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com or email me directly at luke at livinghopehenderson.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care and God bless.